0: hello listeners of um, chess Club live CCL radio I'm pleased to say that we have Maurice Ashley on the line um, he has agreed to have an interview with us to discuss um, the uh, kind of tragic uh, news I'm sorry about that um, and um, the tragic news of um, Emery Tate um, Leaving us, um, Morris. Hello, and welcome.
1: Hi, thank you so much for oh, having me on the show.
0: You're welcome. Um, could you just tell us briefly your own experiences of Emery and what you remember of him? What what sort of sticks out in terms of, um, you know, your your interactions with him?
1: Well, Emery and I went back decades, so it's hard to single out any individual. Uh, circumstance there were a few definitely that I remember vividly Uh, but first I'd I'd just like to say you know as a creative talent Emory was absolutely incredible his personality was unique Uh, he had the kind of flair uh, the sense of the the dramatic uh, the persona that just drew people to him he was quite charismatic uh, in the way he just carried himself Uh, I remember I remember fondly if you walked into a Skittles room anywhere where he was playing and you'd see a crowd around him as he sat at a board showing one of his recent victories, usually some uh, pearl of tactical wizardry uh, that simply enthralled the crowd. And People just loved to sit around and he'd have his favorite expressions. Uh, He'd he'd go first with an exclamation mark uh, after a move as, You know, meaning a good move and then he'd go double x clam and and then people would laugh and then he would do the next one he'd say this was a triple x clam yeah how many triple x clams can (laughs) games and and he would just simply electrify uh, any space that he held for you know just that kind of man that he was
0: yes i mean uh, it's um it's a measure of the man that, uh, basically everywhere, um, you know, online and, you know, uh, over the board, um, people are talking about this and talking about the, you know, the, the, the tragic events and, and that, um, wh- what do you think in terms of, um, we, we've, um, we've done some research and looked into, you know, some of the things, um, that he's done, um, in his career, and it is truly amazing. I mean, hes you could almost do a Hollywood movie about him. I mean, you've got Hurricane and people like that, but, you you know, you could do a, a movie about what he's done, the service he, he'd done for th- um, the, the US service, Air Force, and, uh, that service, and then also inspiring people and teaching in chess and inspiring a whole generation of, um, you know, chess players from not only African American as part of the society, but in general, he was very inclusive, wasn't he? Do you have something to say about, about that?
1: Well, Emery was probably never saw himself. I would, I would posit that Emery didn't see himself in restricted terms. You yeah. know, we talk about him being a strong uh, African American player and much like myself, I think he would just simply say he was a good player. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he was a chess player. He was a he was a fan of the game. He loved the game with his heart and soul, and mm-hmm. so he was five time Armed Forces champion, uh, which is just already an incredible record. Uh, he beat so many grandmasters and in style yeah, uh, yeah. that they, you know you could you could do a book just on those games and be entertained by some of the victories he had, yeah, just some yeah. scintillating victories. And in later years, he started teaching a lot more inspiring youngsters really feeling the joy that it is to share one's knowledge with with the next generation. And that was his more recent passion. Um, But he was always one to give advice. He was always one to insist on you being bold in whatever you try to do. There was one particular incident that was transformative for me, uh, among the things he said to me, because we were at a World Open, which is like in the late 80s, we were at a World Open, and I wasn't doing as well as I could have. Yeah. But maybe Actually, maybe I wasn't even doing that badly, but I remember I used to play C4, 1C4, all the time. I didn't like openings, and all I knew was the English, and so I just played 1C4 to stay essentially safe. But I was a tactical player by nature, I liked to sacrifice pawns for the initiative, and I remember standing in the hall of the Adams Mark Hotel, and he came up to me, looked me in the eye, and he said, You know what? You've got to play E4. And I knew he played E4, and he was well prepared in E4. But I objected. I said, All those lines of the Sicilian, I've got to know, the real Lopez, all those French structures, and all that. Even as I was singing, I could feel there was something wrong in my trepidation. <laughs> yeah really truly interesting structures. But at the same time, I was trying to be a practical player. And I'll never forget, he walked, stopped talking, he walked to the other end of the hall, and he stood and faced a wall. Okay. And, and I'm wondering, what the heck is this guy doing? And he must have stood there for about 10, 15 seconds, and then he turned around, he came right back to me, stood in my face, and he said, sometimes you just got to bite the bullet.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And I don't know why that somehow opened up a crevice in my mind, and and my soul was somehow reborn. But he, the way he said it, the intensity in his glare, the certainty in his voice—I just yeah. got it. And I said, "Yeah. What am I talking about? What am I afraid of?" And that really helped transform the direction of my play. I started playing E4. I did have to duck and dodge some variations until I could fix my lines, but it just opened up my game. Not only did I start playing E4, I started playing D4 as well. Yeah. I realized that I had to embrace the warrior spirit and just go for it. And that helped me learn a lot more new structures uh, and and really helped me to develop my game as a player after that. Yeah. So he just had that way about him that was always ready for battle and insisted on it from others as well and he and he had that way of inspiring others to find the fighter inside of himself
0: that's that's brilliant um we've um been looking for a way to show our uh, tribute to um emery's um Work and to how he 's inspired us, and we did a video, and we 've also put together a collection of of his games, um, pr- predominantly the ones with sacrifices, and there were so many we had to we had to filter them down by elo or something so there was the, it's just it 's just something um, that, out there um, in looking and listening at, to his interviews um, uh, mainly the ones with um, Dam Shabazz Um, it it seems he was really after a legacy. So I just want to end the interview by asking, do you think he's got that legacy that he he really wanted to leave to impact aspiring players?
1: Well, I'm not sure if he finished everything he wanted to finish. One can never be inside the mind of a person. Uh, Especially someone who was still young and vibrant and and determined, and clear on his dreams, his bigger dreams. I think that Emory always wanted to become a Grandmaster. Unfortunately, he never got that opportunity. He never, mm-hmm. he, he just, not that he didn't get the opportunity, he, he didn't get to finish that for himself. Yeah, uh, it's, He was not playing uh, in, the, in the, probably the tournaments he needed to play in and, and also he was already at a later stage as far as his chess career is concerned. So I don't know, I'm sure that was always tickling him, that yeah. he never got to do that, despite the fact that he'd shown that he had the talent to do it, and, and he had defeated enough grandmasters that, you know, they know.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> mean, not, in the old days, they would have given him the title, you know. Um, yeah. He's a senior life master in UC, USCF. I mean... Oh, please. I mean, yeah, I mean, come he's, on, he's, yeah.
1: That's, the guy was just so, so yeah. strong, I mean... Yeah, there's no quite. When he first got his international master's title, it was like, come on, please. We knew that already. That was just a waste of waste of uh, paper, just even conferring it. That should have been conferred a long time ago. But uh, so I think that's always going to be something for Emory, you know. And I think about, I think about uh, the the confidence he had, and and again, like I said, the big dreams. People like him, uh, dreams are. Dreams are what they're made of, and big goals are what they're made of. So, it's never really finished until you're done, until you leave the earth, right? So, yeah. I, I don't think uh, I don't think he would say he had completed everything he wanted to complete. But when you look at his legacy, when you look at the great games, when you look at the people he inspired, uh, you look at his accomplishments. Clearly, he does leave a legacy. Clearly. He he has left more than enough to inspire the next generation, to continue to inspire this generation for sure. And for us to be able to talk about him in glowing terms, remember him for the man he was uh, and the fighter he was and the teacher that he was. And there's no question about it that the the legacy of Emory Tate is secure. Uh, He will be remembered quite fondly and with a smile for, for years to come.
0: Thank you very much, Maris. Thank you for, for that beautiful um, you know, uh, com- commendation, um, and thank you for taking the time out for this interview. I know uh, you're busy. Um, thank you.
1: Oh, it was my pleasure.
0: All right, okay. Um, this is Radio CCL, We're just signing off. We've had a beautiful interview from Morris Ashley. Um, giving his tribute to Emery Tate, who sadly passed away a few days ago. Um, We will be sending this interview to um, his family and friends. Um, It will be posted on his memorial page as a tribute. Um, Please keep sending your messages in. and Thank you, everyone, for your support. Um, This is Michael signing off for Radio CCL.